Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O-Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. I learned after a few years of being in that management role that like, that's just not me. <laughs> I'm just not, not It's like square peg, round, round hole. hole. I was just like trying to make it worse. Like, what is wrong? It was me. It was me. I was wrong. Is what was wrong. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. We are in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the Black Venture Summit 2023, and I'm excited to kick off a three-part series featuring founders from the Build in Tulsa ecosystem. Each of the founders featured in this series were part of our Spotlight on Tulsa Roots of a Self-Care Economy survey that focused on 33 beauty and wellness entrepreneurs who were part of the Tulsa ecosystem. Spotlight on Tulsa features case studies sourced via B3, Build Black Beauty in Tulsa, which is a partnership between Build in Tulsa and our very own Brain Trust Founder Studio. This is also part of the 2023 Economic Advancement Report that Brain Trust Founder Studio published, highlighting the economic impact of founders across the beauty and wellness industry. The entrepreneurs in the Spotlight on Tulsa survey reported annual revenues of $2.289 million last year, with those sales being roughly 3.8% of the city of Tulsa's $60 million annual gross domestic product, even as the 33 owners surveyed are less than one-third, hear me, one-third of 1% of Tulsa's 11,000 registered businesses. That is tremendous impact that we're seeing come out of Black beauty and wellness founders in Tulsa. And so I'm excited for this three-part series. This week, we'll be talking to Tulsa-based founder TJ Woodbury, founder of Poppy's Spa and Lounge, who is also featured in the survey. But before we get started... Don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and your ratings and reviews mean so much. All right, everyone. TJ Woodbury is a self-taught, self-funded entrepreneur who describes herself as a builder. She is the owner of Poppy Spa and Lounge and holds real estate interests throughout the Tulsa metro area. A longtime Tulsa resident, in 2017, Woodbury left a successful career in international auto sales to focus on her own family and well-being. But she quickly realized her drive to create needed an outlet. TJ is proud to be among the incredible Black women launching million-dollar brands, 
creating quality jobs, and holding space for underrepresented founders in the beauty and wellness industry. I'm the happiest, I'm most myself when I'm creating opportunities for women, Woodbury says. TJ, welcome to Business of the Beat podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh. This is a long time coming. TJ and I met literally a year ago. Yes. And so on my trips to Tulsa, I'm always like, what is TJ doing? What is TJ doing? Join our studio. And you finally are. And I'm so excited to talk about you. So let's start. (laughs) You call yourself a builder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell us why. Um, that's where I feel at home and safe. And I love the creative aspect of some, you know, building and creating something new. And so I'm, I'm a builder. I'm a creator. Well, (laughs) you are a builder, you're a creator, but you've had such an amazing career, right? So in the intro, I talk about the fact that you have this amazing, luxurious spa, but you didn't start in beauty and wellness. So talk about this journey of of being a builder, I always say like, we have to find the terms to describe ourselves. So what was that journey? Have you always been a builder? Tell us. Yeah, I think I have always been a builder and a creator. And I just like discovered it along my, for my path. But um, yeah, very uh, untraditional kind of career pattern. Um, Mm -hmm. I started in the car business. I, I started working right out of high school. I had my daughter when I was 18. So um, I did couple of different things kind of bounced around for a few years and um actually like played poker professionally random but yeah that's how I made money that's how I earned the bill that's how I paid the bills for a few years and then I was in the car business and I worked for a couple of the big name manufacturers and then I started my own import export business mostly export and I started that in 2013. I exited in uh, 2018. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and then I decided because I'm an entrepreneur, all or nothing kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of like neglected myself a little bit. You know how it is. And I neglected my family a little bit. I have a 16-year-old daughter now. And so I decided I was going to stay at home. I was like in this space where I wanted to focus on myself and kind of be selfish a little bit. So I was like meditating a lot and working out and like really trying to like rebuild all of the years stuff of that hard I, work. Yeah, like years <laughs> of just like grinding and not stopping. And so I was at home for a couple of months and I tried to be a stay-at-home mom and that did not work out <laughs> for me. I'm too restless. And so uh and so I'm out of that like um space that I was in where I was like focusing on myself and really leaning into my self-care. That's kind of like where Poppies was kind of like born. So, wow. (laughs) First of all, I love the, I was a professional poker player (laughs) and then I went into auto and import and export. Like, did you have anyone in your family who was in those industries or was it like, I'm going to play poker and I'm going into auto? Yeah, no. um, Just like very random kind of like go where life takes me situation (laughs) and really loved cars. I had a friend that was selling cars at the time and I wanted something a little bit more stable than like, you know, yeah, (laughs) staying out until three or four in the morning when my five-year-old's at home. So yeah, I got into that and out of um, a training session that I was working at Audi, 
and I was a salesperson there and they sent us to a training on how to spot exporters. And because they didn't, you don't, you know, dealerships don't want to sell to exporters because they tell us what an exporter is. I'm okay. Like, yeah. It's close it's to the car. Very, I got yeah, you. It's very <laughs> nuanced and a lot of people don't really know what that is. So like what I did, my business really focused on buying new luxury cars. So we would buy like new Range Rover, Maserati, uh, Mercedes, Porsche, and we would sell them to dealerships in China. Mm-hmm. And not <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a whole bunch of nuances around like why new cars are desirable in uh, China. Like you can just go in and buy a Range Rover in China. But so anyway, so I did that for a while and, oh yeah, I was talking about the training. They sent me to a training and um, because they want, they want, they want to sell to people like you who are going to drive the cars, service the cars there. Yes. Yes. Tell everybody, (laughs) trade it in. They don't want to sell to people like exporters who would then turn and sell it for a profit. So when they sent me to a training, I was like, now this is, I love the idea of everybody like saying like, use your day job to fund your side hustle. Uh And that was very much what that was about because I was leaning in in that training, like, okay, tell me more about what these experts, and they're selling for how much? Can you believe that? (laughs) So the first time my ex-manager would hate that I was saying this, but the first time I I met an exporter after that training, I was like, can I buy you coffee? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. Use my poker skills to figure out. Because it's all strategy, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like most things. Yes. Um, So yeah, so I did uh, that and it was so much fun. It was where I think I realized a lot of my power. Um, I was in my 20s and I was flying all over the country, flying all over the world, buying these cars, like doing millions of dollars in sales. And it kind of spoiled me because I really had that. (laughs) You're like, oh yes, I'll take this lifestyle. And I had the audacity to think that I could do anything. And I still like think that I can do anything, which gets me in trouble sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, that was a really like, exciting, fun, but also like empowering time. And as you, so you're in this training, you then meet the exporter and then did you immediately start your own business or was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, not immediately. So I was like moonlighting on weekends. I was like, you know, the first deal I did, I made $2,500 in a day and I was hooked. (laughs) I was hooked. I was like, so after about doing that, we were uh, doing that kind of like part-time. And then after about five, six months, I had to quit my job because it had taken off. Yeah. Yeah. And what, seven years later, we had uh, aggregated sales of over $36 million. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. (laughs) It was fun. So during these years, so your daughter was five at the time. Mm -hmm. So then over the next seven years, you're building this import export business. You're raising your daughter and you're like, wow, I never imagined I would be in this business, but you truly like created something so successful. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was fun. Um, It was to be able to kind of like build something while my daughter is witnessing that. And I'd always really admired, like my mom is one of the hardest working people I know. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, while I didn't have somebody to show an example of like what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to build something from scratch, I did have the best examples of like what it means to work hard. 
and consistently work hard. And that's one of the things that I hang my hat on. Like I changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I love this notion because, you know, I love starting companies. Yeah. I'm- so you're <laughs> importing, exporting. How did you finance? Because it sounds like you have to buy the cars, yeah. figure out the exporter. So what was that journey yeah. like on your yeah. own? So in the beginning, I wasn't having to finance them because I wasn't um, the broker on the deals. So I was more of like just getting commissions on them. And so while I was stacking, again, like using that yes. steady pay <laughs> to fund your side hustles. Yes. And I was just stacking my commissions. And so we got to the point where I could buy like one of these like $95,000 cars on my own. And then, you know, you're like, I've got my own. And, you know, it's so interesting because people say, I'm working in this job. I really want to be doing something else. And it's like, if you have the opportunity to leverage your core day job Mm -hmm. to fund your next job, then you're set up better. Sometimes, and I, I know it happens to me too. There's this impulse knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. I have a great idea. I'm done with this. I'm out. With my job. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, but if you can't, that, that's why I love that you played poker because everything is like, how does it fit together? Anticipating the next move, mm-hmm. strategizing on how to get to the end and have the right hand. Yeah. And also, like, how invaluable those relationships that you're building mm-hmm. in your day job, like, you know, for, for me to have access to and have like good relationships that I've built over time with people that were on the other side to be able to like compare costs and, you know, like, um, talk about inventory and like talk about nuanced things in the market that I wouldn't have had access to otherwise. I mean, it's just, I, I absolutely love it because people would be like, Oh, she has import and export. Well, excuse me. (laughs) So then you get to this place where it's time to sell. Yeah. What was that like? And did you plan for that? No, actually, (laughs) this is like uh, one of the sexiest things that you're going to hear. And it's probably going to bring the mood way down. But um, because I was in that uh, space of just like grind, grind, grind. And it was kind of like one of those things where like, it was a high a little bit to go in and buy a car that people were uh, in the industry were like fighting over already yes. and to like, it was like, it was kind of like that reward of like, you know, breaking the chips in after <laughs> a big pot. And so I loved it so much, but I was really just like wearing my body down, you know, not, I was at home maybe like 10 days a month and I actually had a mental health crisis. It was really ugly. I was like having a panic attack and like calling my mom and like, you know, it was just, it was terrible. And, um, I was actually hospitalized for a couple of days. And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm in my 20s. Like, this doesn't feel good anymore. And so just kind of like, again, on an impulse, on a whim, I was like, I'm, I had a partner and I was like, I'm just, I just sold my portion yeah. of the business to her. Yeah. And that's when I was like, you know what? Um, I went all the way, swung the pendulum too far to the other side. And I was like, now I'm going to stay at home and make money. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to pack my lunches. Well, and I'm going to do 16. Days. My daughter, she's 16 now. So at the time she was like 11. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So, I don't want yeah. to stay at home with the yeah. 11 12 girl. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> I know. And was, yeah. And it was too late too. I yeah. missed the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like I wish that I would have been at home uh, when she was younger, but you know. Yeah. It's yeah. like such is life. And children are so resilient mm-hmm. and they soak up so much. Like what her future is going to be 
because she saw you and she had you as her mom. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Like, I'm just like, wow, they're sponges. And then it's like, we guide them, but they're taking so much. I'm like, I can't wait. These kids, these children, my daughter's (laughs) like a kid is a donkey or something. She says, but it's like children. But okay. So this is exciting. So you say Mm -hmm. it took a mental health crisis and a hospitalization to say I'm out. But sometimes our body tells us what we need and we don't know how good it's going to be. Because you sold your portion to your partner, you take this moment and then you come out with this amazing, beautiful poppy spa and salon. As you do. As, <laughs> As you, do. you do. Yeah, you get out of your health business and then you go salon. open a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I... One of the things that I really loved when I was traveling and when I was, you know, not sleeping, but four or five hours a night, I loved to spoil myself and go to day spas. And I loved like seeing what like the very best, like five-star day spa experience. And I loved hospitality. I loved like the cute little um, hotel lobby moments, the sexy, like, you know, lighting. And so I was looking for in my quest to be more at home (laughs) and present with my family. I was looking for that experience here in Tulsa and Tulsa was having a moment. We still kind of are having Yes, yes. Everyone's in Tulsa. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I was just like really disappointed with the options that we had here. Like we have a really healthy, like middle class and we have some, some better options when it comes to entertainment, restaurants, bars. But this was something that we just didn't have. And so um, because I think that I can fix things. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to build the kind of spa that I want to go to. And now I don't get to go to it. <laughs> like we're booked and busy, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you identify the need and I love entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur because we're like, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What's going to satisfy me? But it's not just about us. It's about the customer and mm-hmm. it's about the market. And so for you, there wasn't anything that existed and you said, I'm going to create it. And being in Tulsa is special because you have roots here. Yeah. So what was that experience finding the building, figuring out the process, hiring? Because you didn't come mm-hmm. from being a spa manager. I didn't. I didn't. I had no experience. Just like audacity. It was like all <laughs> I was going in there I love with. that. I love that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it was... It was humbling for sure. I did reach out to a few friends that I knew and I'm, I I like to think that I'm charming. And so I made new (laughs) friends in the right spaces to be able to help educate me and kind of tell me what I didn't know. And then in the beginning, I just lived there. I was the person that did everything. I was the girl checking you in and out because, you know, businesses are either like they're made or broken in in, in their infancy. Like it's called infancy for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like that baby needs to be (laughs) constant attention. And so I was uh, very like client front facing in the Mm -hmm. beginning. And so that like really helped to uh, get feedback and kind of see what we weren't doing, what what we were doing well and what we weren't doing so well. I learned after a few years of being in that management role that like, that's just not me. I'm just not, it's like square peg, round hole. I was just like trying to make it worse. Like, what is wrong? It was me. It was me. I was wrong. It was wrong. And so um, that was one of those 
things that I had to learn that like, you know what, I am really good organizing things and thinking about like Mm -hmm. grand visions, but I'm not the person that I am. I'm a product of this like very toxic and gross. Nobody cares, work harder, uh, hustle culture. Yes. And so I, and I'm, and I'm uh, like a salesperson at heart. Like I, I don't need motivation. I like the motivation is like, you work more, you get more. And so, and so it was like really challenging for me to be this like manager person who like needed to like constantly give attaboys and figure out different like working styles. And it was like so challenging and demanding on me to try to be this person who I wasn't. And so Mm -hmm. I just finally had to get out of my own way. I don't regret it because I really loved being in that place. Like, and I'll probably do it with a new concept too. Um, (laughs) Just because you just, you need, you need those like touch points. You need to learn and the touch points Mm -hmm. and to understand. And like, it's interesting because we also have to know when we're our own biggest detriment to the Mm -hmm. business, Mm -hmm. but we have to have the moments to learn. Mm-hmm. Like it's our vision, it's our concept, and then we can navigate it. And and the mark of a true, when you talk about being audacious, like that's someone who is audacious to have an idea, but also audacious to say, I need to take a step back. I need to yeah. sit my own self down yeah. in order to move forward. And so you said that was about three years. So then what's happened in the last few years? Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun and exciting for me <laughs> because I, I really loved I think seasons are so important. Like I loved my season of being like, you know, the owner operator that was fun, but I'm really loving this season of like being removed. You're like, I'm the operations. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I love my friends who like still try to text me. and like, can I get an appointment? I'm like, I don't know. I don't work there. (laughs) Like literally I don't work there. So, um, let me, put you in contact with this person and it's kind of like opened me up a little bit to focus on the next you know as entrepreneurs are <laughs> yes. always like, the next. you're like that's franchising so, uh, yeah so how I do have a question because people who have salon businesses there's so much that goes into the people right mm-hmm. because even as you remove yourself there's the technicians there's all mm-hmm. these there's the manager And we've had listeners say, like, if I want to build a business like this, where do I even start? Like, do I pull a manager from another place? Do I homegrown a manager? What was your process? Because you had to have the right technicians to fulfill Mm -hmm. the vision Mm -hmm. and the right manager to do the scheduling and the operations. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, with Poppy's um, one of the things that we are like unfuck withable yes. <laughs> with is our dedication to hospitality, our dedication to just making sure the overall experience, like from the moment you walk into Poppy's, it feels intentional. And so um, I feel like that's one of the things that we did really, really well. It took us a while to get there. Um, I don't think the clients, you know, knew what was happening behind the curtain, (laughs) Um, but it took it took us a while to get a really good team together. And um, one of the things that I learned is that you can always train someone to strengthen a certain skill set. You cannot train someone to have integrity. 
Yes. Like you can coach somebody into like being a good person. Like you just, those are just things that you cannot use. It's the innate, who are you Mm -hmm. fundamentally as a person? Mm -hmm. And we think like great environment, great opportunity, they're going to rise. And it's like, no, no, they're Mm -hmm. probably not. Yeah. And every time we made a hire of somebody that was just like an amazing massage therapist, an amazing esthetician, but didn't quite fit the culture. Yeah. It was like, it just killed everything. And that mindset can be a cancer on the business. It can be a cancer on your team. And so we had to learn those things the hard way. And you know, like if you don't learn a lesson the first time, you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, let's <laughs> right around. You're like, let's yeah. try it. Well, I know I'll be like, but they seem like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you see the good on the other side for what you need in that moment. And it's like, well, Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you have to like have a back and forth, you have to be the devil and the angel like, yes. to try to like I'm the devil and the angel. <laughs> yes. Anytime yeah. you have to justify yeah. that. Yeah. When yeah. When and I've always like always regretted whenever we do have to justify it. like oh I mean he's kind of you know a dig but <laughs> they but they're really good at this and it's just it didn't work. You're so. like it didn't mm-hmm. work. And did you? Did you have to bring people in? Did you hire locally? How yeah. did you? Yeah, um, I did hire a consultant in the beginning. Don't recommend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> consultants are just like, I appreciate any good hope, yeah. hustle, but they're <laughs> like, I got like that part. They're but. the most hustler of hustlers. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, part of like starting something new is like, if you don't have the education before you go into it, you're going to get the education and you're going to pay for it. And that was part of my education. It was just like learning like where there were good investments and not. Um, but yeah, we're um, hyper local here. So everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everything about Tulsa is so Tulsa-centered. Mm-hmm. You know, being part of building Tulsa and really saying we have this great community of people. We are the home of Black Wall Street. Let's create more Black millionaires mm-hmm. and then enable others around us from an allyship perspective, as well as a community-based perspective to grow and thrive. And it's about the jobs that we're creating and centering yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And so what is your favorite part about poppies? Um, I... I think I undervalue because I am the person I, I told you this is my first podcast. Yeah. I'm normally the person that likes to set the table, make things beautiful and set the environment for the conversation or, uh, you know, whatever we want to happen and then go hide behind it. <laughs> but one of the things that I loved the most is definitely like creating opportunities for women, creating opportunities for women here to have a beautiful space to unwind and connect and center, but also the work we've done with our staff. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is I have a few uh, long-term staff who've been with us 
we're about five years now. What? So yeah, and it yes, I know. <laughs> um, uh, so we've got um, a few technicians who've been with us for over three years, which is a long yeah, time. That's a long this. time. Yeah. <laughs> in a startup. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and um, two folks have just recently like let um, purchased a new home. And so um, one of my, my lead LMT came to me and she was from uh, Massage Envy and yeah. she'd worked there for like eight years. And she came up to me and she was like, Hey, she's, she's the breadwinner in her family. Her husband, um, um, by choice, takes care of the children. And she's just like, I never would have been able to do this. Um, I'm, wow. She's at home. She only works like 35 hours a week. So she's able to be present with her children and her family like she wants to, but she's making good money. Yeah. And she bought a house and she's the first time homeowner. Wow. And, and so sometimes I have to sit with, because all of my sisters also work in the business. Oh, so cool. I, it's I again don't recommend. Not recommend. But um but we um I, we kind of like have our powwows and so I was like, you know, look at our little black business um out here kind of changing lives for yes. people and making opportunities and ways. And so um so yeah, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. I love that. And it's so funny because we get caught up in the day to day and then we forget that there's such a greater impact mm-hmm. than kind of what the business is or what the service mm-hmm. is. And part of what we're doing in Tulsa through Brain Trust Founder Studio and our work is our B3 program, Build yes. Black Beauty in Tulsa. And we've just released our spotlight on Tulsa, where we talked to 33 entrepreneurs who are rooted in Tulsa or who are doing business in Tulsa. And so you, of course, were yes. one of the businesses <laughs> that we talked about. And when we looked at the revenue being generated, through these businesses, it's phenomenal. It's 3.8% of the overall GDP of Tulsa. So that is Black founders, beauty and wellness Mm -hmm. contributing that much. Mm -hmm. It really shines a spotlight on the great work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so even when you think about the growth of Poppies, like where do you see the growth continuing to go? Where do you see the expansion, the opportunity? Yeah, we're looking at some new markets and, um, we really like where we're at right now. We really like um, where we're at, like geographically, like downtown is just like s- such an invigorating space right now. But we are looking at other markets here in Tulsa and then outside. We really kind of like this um, tier two city kind of yes. situation. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, so we are, we are. We're thinking growth and we're like super excited about that. So, Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. Like to grow something and then say, now I can figure out as the owner, mm-hmm. not the operator, yeah. what is the strategic mm-hmm. plan? Mm-hmm. So where, what is your role now in terms of the business that you're so excited yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my role right now, I do weekly check-ins with my managers and I love it so much, so much. Uh, Some of my long-term staff sometimes are on a, still, we're still on like a, a good kind of communication way. And uh, I had somebody like reach out to me about uh, their schedule. And I was like, don't work there. Sorry. I'm not that person. Um, Not that person. So I'm able to think about like, um, things like pouring back into our staff, uh, retention stuff so that we can have a good foundation as we continue to grow. Um, also working on the new concept that is not 
Um, I know I'm excited. It's kind of early to talk to you about it, but stay tuned. (laughs) Oh my Um, god! So yeah, so thinking about other things about um, outside of you know the day spa, but also still in the beauty and wellness space. Um, I think I just grossly underestimated how impactful it was to be visible as a black woman in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, Just when I was in operations when I was, you know, the check-in girl, um, I would have people come in and say like, oh, I heard this was black owned and walk in and just be like, wow. Wow. This is, wow. Yeah. And one of the sweetest memories I have there is like um, a sweet little auntie coming in. She had auntie vibes. She wasn't my <laughs> auntie, but she had auntie vibes. And um, she was just like, TJ, I am so proud of you. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I just forget about how impactful that can be for other founders, their yes, visibility. And mm-hmm. so as uncomfortable as it is for me, I am going to make a conscious effort to be more visible so that, you know, people know that there is a way to do something. There is an expectation, I think, yes. of what a Black business is. Yes. And so when people have, I've had this happen a few times when people would come in and they're like, Oh, and they might not know how to articulate what it is that they want to say. And they're like, oh, this could be owned by a white woman. And you're I'm like, like uh, <laughs> not quite what I'm going for. But and it's I, also I, like, what's the expectation? Why yeah. can we not have yeah. these things for ourselves? Yeah. And that's a mentality that's been placed over us mm-hmm. that we can't. Mm-hmm. And I, I want you to be visible and I want you to be seen. And I want to support you because, you know, we've had people say seeing is believing is becoming. Yeah. And if you don't see it and you can't imagine that a black woman could have such a luxurious state of the art place, then it's like, you don't even think about it. And it just takes one thing, Mm -hmm. one person to see, to hear your background, Mm -hmm. to say, wow, yeah, I can do that too. Yeah. She's not anything special, (laughs) like (laughs) just tenacity and audacity. I love that. Tenacity and audacity. So I'm excited because it sounds like there's some more things on yes. the horizon yes. that you Ooh, are. Yes, I can come back on the podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> you absolutely can. I mean, you are like my sister, Pranissa, yes. creating things. I am so excited for what's to come. And we've also been doing this interesting series called Defining Moments. And so mm. I am excited to hear from you, especially given the trajectory of what you've done. Because truly, some people would say that you had a child young Mm -hmm. and she's not going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. This has like been cast over her and this is what she's Mm -hmm. got. You did that and so much more. And like, it's so interesting because we always think back of like, wow, I never would have even known that I would be here. So I can imagine how many moments you Mm -hmm. have, but (laughs) if there's a truly defining moment that you felt like was that time where you can look back and say, that's when it changed or that's when I learned this. Yeah. I don't think there was ever like one moment, one scenario, but I think that time of like the first year, 18 months of my car business where every day was just about being scrappy. Every uh, scenario was just like a whole new um, challenge and that I had to figure out. That was so defining for me because that was like Um, the space where I was able to learn and also just like deliver on that. I can do anything. And it was also just like, it was also really nice for me to 
Um, I had at one time, you know, over 18, 20 folks like working for me. And um, because this was like a side hustle for side hustle. <laughs> and, you know, um, and so I had like doctors, lawyers, business owners that were working for me, but also I had, you know, single moms and um, divorce, divorcees who were uh, working and buying cars for my company. And to be able to have impacts on women who were like, oh, I made $30,000 additional this year because of the opportunity that you extended to me. I mean, it's one thing to make a lot of money. And believe me, I love love making a lot. I mean, I, you're talking to a girl who like, I remember getting dressed in the dark for two weeks because we, you know, we had to decide between like food or electricity. So it was beautiful to be able to make a lot of money, but it was like, it felt so good to be able to impact in that way. So yeah, that was where I kind of feel like I, I felt this is a good channel and path for me and not necessarily just this industry, but this like creating opportunities. Yeah. The paying it forward is, Mm. is so important. And I think we get so much joy in being able to make the money, but then being able to see how that flows Mm -hmm. into other people or the impact that we make. Because I always say, like, I'm here to be of service. And we have to remember to, to fill ourselves. Like, yeah, we have to make our money. We have our own bills. But what is our ability to multiply that mm-hmm. into others? Mm-hmm. And, like, we just never know what someone else is going through or what someone else's experience is. Yeah. But we know how we can touch people in our own way. Yeah. Even if it may not be right there in our face then, the fact that at the end of the year she had 30000 extra, like, that can be life-changing mm-hmm. for so many people. Yeah. And so I love how you think about it. And you were so young. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, some of this comes from, like, life experience. Mm-hmm. You're like, I was in my 20s making mm-hmm. all this money. And, yes, I helped you, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny because I think that is, like, a superpower to be energized when you're young. Mm-hmm. One of my good friends, Chip Gabarino, who is also an amazing entrepreneur here in Tulsa, uh, we are talking about how entrepreneurs have this cognitive dissonance. <laughs> Like with reality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like you yes. kind of have to on the line of like sociopathic because yes. you have this like whole other reality in your mind. That's just like, uh-huh. I can do this. I can totally do this. Like, yeah. oh, this hasn't been done. And you have to have that disconnect. And it, it's what allows you to think that, you know, you can create something that, you know, it's um, <laughs> life changing, but it's, it's, it's funny. So <laughs> it really is. It's always like uh, entrepreneurs are like, we're like borderline because mm-hmm. you have to believe in your idea so yeah. much that you're going to take it to the yeah. depths of jumping off the cliff. Yeah. And so it's an interesting And sometimes uh, when everything else is telling you this is not working, but you're like, I think I'm close. I think I'm close. <laughs> I'm going to make it. Because yeah. it's the hard part of like, when do you stop? When do you pull mm-hmm. back? And when do you make it to the other side, mm-hmm. right? And I've been doing a lot of prayer and meditation mm-hmm. and like trying to find space to listen to God in terms of what does quitting look like? What does stopping look like? And yeah. like, there's a, there's a push of faith, right? Mm-hmm. That we, I think, have to grapple with more. Mm-hmm. And so it's an end. That's why I was laughing. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> we are like yeah. halfway there, but we're okay. Yeah. We wouldn't work. Yeah. But I love having this conversation. I am so 
proud of you. I'm so, it's inspiring. Really it is. And I'm like, man, let's, let's bring your, let's bring a spot of Vegas. Let's bring a spot of LA. Like, (laughs) let's do this. And you have to promise that this next venture. Yes. Okay. I was like, we're going to know about it. (laughs) And I have one, I have two last things. Um, A question that always comes up is finance. So you had the ability to use one successful career to fund the next successful career. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about taking investment to expand or do you really see the business kind of using that same approach of let me use this business to fund the Mm -hmm. next business? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to say um, about like making sure that, you know, when you've got skin in the game, when you've got that, like, Man, if this does not, I, I feel like there is a little bit more you know, cognitive dissonance. There's when you do take investment money. So I do plan with our growth and expansion process to probably take some investment money, but I'm really proud of how we've done it so far. I'm really proud that I was able to prove, I was able to like prove our concept yeah. with my own funds. I didn't have to. So fantastic. Uh, yeah. And it, and it was just like, it was empowering as yeah. well. But I'm 35 years old now. But my risk tolerance is a little bit um is 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 a little different than I was um in my mid twenties. And so and and more than uh the finances that come along with taking investor money is the expertise. Yeah. And that's something that I am really looking forward to um with poppies and with the new concept is just like being able to um, expand uh, my team and be able to uh, make really good uh, strategic alliances and strategic partners. And I think like when somebody, when somebody else has skin in the game, when an investment firm has skin in the game, then they have, you know, um, an an incentive to help you you. Uh and to add Mm -hmm. everything that you need Mm -hmm. to be successful because it falls on us from my venture. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's so funny because when I started my first business, I was married, but we didn't own anything. We were in our twenties. I didn't Mm -hmm. have children. And so now even the conversations about what does it look like? The risk tolerance is different. Mm -hmm. It really is because there's so much more at stake and you've also become accustomed to certain things. Yeah. And so you're like, oh yeah, nope. <laughs> nope. Not going to risk this part. I might risk this little yeah, bit, yeah. but I'm, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to keep my lifestyle. That's what my husband said. He's like, you can start anything that you want, but what we're not going to do at this point is change our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I love you. I support you, Yeah, but it is, it's a, it's a risk tolerance now. Yeah. And like, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. We will always push the risk further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's not cute eating ramen in your 40s. <laughs> exactly. Being like, <laughs> so, and then my last question for you, we are community-based. We always support other founders. So last question, what is one brand company founder that we should all check out, support, shop, or buy? Yeah. Um, I really love Fearless Beauty. Uh-huh. So uh, Tiara Parker uh-huh. is um, an amazing makeup artist and esthetician uh, here in Tulsa. She and her husband, they're crazy entrepreneurs. They have like three businesses. Um, but she uh, she has her own makeup line and it, uh, it's called the Fearless Cosmetics Company. Yep. Yeah. And so love her lip stain. She's got a a great mascara. So yeah, 
All right, so local black woman, local black so, owned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I love that. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to, to yes. hear all the rest of yes. the things. Um, but thank you for being part of yeah. the show. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So yeah. <laughs> And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. And this week, thank you so much, TJ. Make sure to follow fellow Tulsa native, Tierra Parker, founder of Fearless Beauty. And as always, I like to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that is, what is your superpower? TJ talked a lot about her experience starting her import and export business, and she shared that she realized what her superpower was, that she was inspired, she was empowered by that experience. So I encourage you not to just identify your superpower, but write it down, say it out loud, and be confident. So tune in next week for part two of our Spotlight on Tulsa series featuring Tanisha Rushing, founder of Meaty Lounge. And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode and we love to hear from you. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, And on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.